Hey friends, welcome to Wild Hearts with Janine. I'm Janine, the host of this podcast, and I am so, so expectant for this episode and so excited that you guys have chosen to tune in today. I am sitting down with my new friend, Hannah Jirasi, and we are talking about a topic that is so incredibly important, but so often overlooked, I think, in today's day and age, and that is Sabbath, which might sound like a really old school word, probably because it is, because it's from the Bible, but it is such an important concept and such an important discipline um, for the life of a believer. And so I'm really excited to get to have this conversation today with Hannah. Hannah, say hi. Hi, everybody. Hi, mom. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. Hannah, I'm so grateful you're here. Thank you for joining in for um, recording number one. We're doing two episodes and I'm so excited for both topics. Um, But for those who might not know you, can you take a few minutes to just introduce yourself a little bit, share um, a little of who you are and what you do, and oh, I'd love to hear a fun fact. Yes, absolutely. Um, well, yeah, my name is Hannah Jirasi. Um, who am I? That is a great question. <laughs> <laughs> if you can tell me that, that'd be fabulous. Um, <laughs> jury is still out. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Um, I am a pastor at a local church in Southern California. I live in the Pasadena area, which if you're not from California, I would probably just tell you Los Angeles. I'm like 10 miles from downtown LA. So yeah, down in Southern California, um, like I said, I work at a local church and, you know, in a in a pandemic year, that means a lot of different things to a lot of different people. So I'm working remotely and trying to stay normal and have good boundaries and all of that. Um, but yeah, a fun fact I once made really intimate eye contact with Justin Bieber, and <laughs> I think it changed my life a little bit. Like pre pre eye contact, I wasn't a Bieber fan. Like I just uh-huh. like happened happened to see him perform. It's a long story, and I was like, eh, I don't know about him. Like he kind of seems like he's full of himself. Um, and then he just stared into my soul for a good, probably only like three total seconds, but it felt yeah. like an eternity. Um, but yeah, so that that's a fun thing about me. <laughs> I, I feel like you have to give us like a short the short version of that story. Like Okay, okay. <laughs> where were you? What was happening? At what point in his career did this happen? Like Yes. Oh my gosh. All great questions. Yeah. I wish it was more recent. Um, I feel like we we're having like a, a Bieber revival mm-hmm. um, recently in recent years. This was probably like eight or nine years ago. Mm-hmm. So yeah, maybe like 2013, 2012. Um, mm-hmm. I was in college in Southern California, and I'm not from around here. I'm actually from the Northwest originally. And so all of like the LA things were really exciting to me, like mm. celebrities, like show tapings, all of that was so new because you just don't do that in the Seattle area at all. Mm-hmm. Um And so I was in college and a friend of mine had got us tickets to be like seat fillers for Mm. the filming of ABC's like New Year's Rockin' Eve (laughs) for (laughs) whatever year it was. Uh, But they taped that ahead of time, or at least they taped the West Coast part ahead of time. Uh, But we didn't know who was performing or anything. So we just like got dressed up and went to this warehouse and they were like, okay, we're going to do three different musical guests and we'll rearrange the crowd for each guest and you'll pretend that it's New Year's Eve and then this will show on New Year's Eve and everyone will think that it's happening live, but it's oh not. My gosh. And the first, like one of the performers was Pitbull, which was just wild because he's like 
40 something and totally wear sunglasses inside. So that was odd. Um, but Pitbull was one of them. There was some boy band that like doesn't exist anymore. And then the mm-hmm. last performer was Justin Bieber. And I was like front row, like they positioned Jeez. me and my friend to be front row. And the the move he hit at the end of his song, like was literally this pose where he's pointing at me like that's the some choreographer was like we're gonna bless somebody today and then that's exactly what happened like and they had to do like three different takes of the song and so each time he would like strike this final pose and just pointed right at me and looked into my soul and I was like oh okay we're dating I get it so that's that's the most exciting thing that's ever happened to me that is wild yeah. Is there is there a YouTube video somewhere of this encounter? Because- oh gosh. Probably probably of the performance. If yeah. I can remember the year, I'm sure there's a, a recording oh of the gosh. performance, but I don't think there was a camera on me. But you can see he like poses in this like pointing and then you're like, "Oh, yep, Hannah's in the corner over there." <laughs> like, now we all know. Now like, you we're know. all privy to that secret now. Yes. <laughs> That is amazing. That is a wonderful fun fact. Oh my gosh. You are so welcome. <laughs> um, okay. So now I would normally ask, how do we know each other? But the truth is that we are new friends. Thank new you friends. to Instagram. Um, yeah. But more so, we're going to go ahead and give credit to our friend Katrina, yes. um, who you know in real life and I know in real life. I went to college with her. She's actually been on the podcast before. Um, and yeah, I you had happened to post something on Instagram. It was a word image, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was really poignant. And um, I was basically in agreement with everything you were saying in the caption. Mm-hmm. And so I reposted it to my story. And um, Katrina immediately messaged me. and was like, oh, my gosh, do you know Hannah? And I was like, no. She's like, well, <laughs> I do. And you should have her on the podcast. I love and it. Now, here we are. <laughs> yes, here we are. Thanks, Internet. Yes. Thank you. And thank you, Katrina. <laughs> Yeah, so funny. And I love I I feel like um I've had quite a few podcast interviews over the last little bit with friends that I've met on Instagram and um I think it's nice every once in a while where you know sometimes you can feel like social media is a bit of a dumpster fire. Yeah. Um mm-hmm. and then you get sweet moments like this where you get to meet people you might not otherwise have met or um learn new things and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah. Thank you to the internet for this sweet moment. Amen. I love it. (laughs) Um, Okay. And often on this podcast, we do talk about travel um, because I did spend two years traveling. I told you a little bit before we started recording that I spent a couple years getting out of debt. And then um, what I didn't say was then I saved to travel for a bit. Um, So that said, I always like to ask any guest on the podcast a little travel question. So question for you is where is your favorite place you've ever been or a place that you're hoping to go obviously in a post-covid right yeah I'm like right now I'm hoping to go to the grocery store without a mask on but um yeah let's see Mm, probably one of my favorite places I've ever gone is Florence Italy Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. just loved it and yeah, I, I mean, I love how much history is in that city and so much beautiful architecture and art, uh, but it also feels so livable. I'm like, oh my gosh, I could totally like live here and like walk mm-hmm. and get some wine and cheese from the yeah. market and then go to work. And it's just a normal day. Like it just felt like a, yeah. a really special, normal place. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if that makes sense, but yeah. So Florence is probably a favorite for me. Um, and then a place I hope to go, I've never been anywhere in the UK. 
Um, I know. So I definitely, I want to check out Ireland. I want to check out um, England. I don't know if like Brexit is, uh, you know, going to affect any of that, but um, I would love to go to the UK at some point. Okay. First of all, I couldn't agree more about Florence. It is one of those big cities that doesn't feel super big. Right. Like it's not an intimidating, like Rome in comparison is huge. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And there's so much to do, so much to see. Like you need so many days there if you're traveling there to see everything. Mm -hmm. Um, Florence does feel more intimate maybe is a good way to say it. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And you're right. It's so beautiful. Oh, I couldn't agree more. Um, And I don't think Brexit should be affecting the U.S.'s ability to travel. Great. Okay. Um, Awesome. Yeah. They're, they're, uh, I think it will be basically the same. Um, They're already different than the rest of Europe anyway. Um, Yeah. They have like a longer time that you're allowed to be there without a visa and all that sort of stuff. But uh, yeah, you definitely have to go to Ireland. Ireland is my favorite place in the world. Um, Oh my gosh. It's so beautiful. So is Scotland. And I mean, really, so much of Europe is so beautiful and so different. Um, There's so much history, obviously, it being, you know, and older countries than we are over here in the States. Right. Um, but yeah. Oh, well, when you when you uh, decide that you're going to go do those things, hit me up and I'll give you lots of recommendations if you want them. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I would love them. That would be so Yay. helpful. I know so little about the rest of the world, so that would be very helpful. <laughs> Yay. Oh, that's so good. Um, well, let's go ahead and jump right into our topic, which I'm really excited about, as I mentioned at the top. But um I'm I'm most excited to help in that I I'm expectant that this episode will help other listeners kind of um, prioritize Sabbath and prioritize mm-hmm. rest amidst a you know a world that doesn't um, and especially in a time in history where we have time like we have yeah. so much time um, so I'm really excited um, just for some history a few years ago it was actually when I was in my debt payoff journey which was a crazy season of life um, I mentioned to you earlier I worked basically two full-time jobs I was working about 70 hours a week it was a wild time um, yeah. I happened to come across a book called Garden City by John Mark Comer who's a pastor up in Seattle wait Portland Portland oh, yeah I always yep. get this I like I'm from the West Coast, and I constantly get those two cities mixed up. Um, (laughs) So from Portland. um, And it's a book all about Sabbath, really. It's about work and rest. Mm -hmm. And um, it totally flipped the way that I was thinking about Sabbath up until life. Um, And ever since, I've been trying, albeit not always always implementing, (laughs) but trying to intentionally practice Sabbath each week. Mm -hmm. Um, I found it usually tends to fall on Fridays for me. Mm -hmm. I don't know why, but I think I hit a Friday and I'm like, all right, this is the day where I just don't really, I just want to like shut my laptop and just be. Um, And so I'm just really excited to talk more about it with you today because I know it's something you're super passionate about. Um, Mm -hmm. So first question I have for you is, what even is Sabbath? Yes. It's such a good question. If we, you know, had a, a PowerPoint um, or like a an old school like overhead projector, I would love to pull down the screen and be like, let's talk about it. <laughs> let's talk about what Sabbath is. Um, yeah, this practice is just about as ancient as they come. Um, for those of us who know and love and follow Jesus, this is actually like the very, one of the very first things we see God do in scripture. Um, and the, uh, the, like the implied 
reasoning is then like as somebody who follows God, you do this too. Um, And then eventually it's commanded and talked about quite a bit throughout scripture. But literally at the very beginning, we see God go to work and just exhale galaxies and, you know, shape up the earth and do all of that good stuff. And then after six days of creating, which, you know, who's to say whether or not that's actually six days or if it's a metaphor or whatever it is. But the point is <laughs> the creator of the universe, after doing all this beautiful work, like took a minute and stopped yeah. um, and stopped to enjoy um, and to really relish in what had been created. And so that's really what Sabbath is, is it's a time to stop. I mean, that's literally what the word Shabbat translates to. Mm. Um, it means stop. And so on Sabbath, you you stop working. And you stop wanting for things and you stop worrying and you stop all the things that kind of contribute to the hustle, to use a 2020 word, Mm -hmm. um, and just like this rat race of life of like always trying to like get more things and like we have such high anxiety and accomplish more stuff. And Sabbath is when we just say, you know what, I'm actually just going to stop and enjoy what I already have. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's deeply connected to like contentment and play um, and worship. And um, it's a day to pause and say, thank you, God, for what's Mm -hmm. already been created, the work that already has been done. Um, You know, tomorrow, I'm sure all this will come back. But today, today, I'm going to stop and enjoy. So Mm -hmm. that's my understanding of it. Hopefully, there's no biblical scholars listening that are like, oh, my God, she she got that so wrong. But yeah. (laughs) Well, I, I, you know, I think that that I loved what you said about like rest and play and worship, like those all being mm-hmm. a part of what Sabbath is. Um, so I know I create prompts when I do these um, episodes with my guests, but sometimes I like to throw curveball questions. Is we'll take okay? it. Yeah. Okay, good. <laughs> so I know traditionally, um, Sab- where did the tradition even start that Sabbath is on Sunday? Yeah, that's a good question because it actually like biblically was on Saturdays um, because that's the last day of the week. If your week starts with Sunday, then it ends with Saturday. Um, Mm -hmm. So I think it has to do with like calendars and like how we order our weeks and all of Mm -hmm. that. Um, I think in like a Christian modern context, people typically call it Sunday because that's the day they go and do corporate worship, like in a church Mm -hmm. service. Mm -hmm. So it's like, oh, okay. Like if Sabbath is worship and I'm worshiping at church, then Sunday must be Sabbath kind of thing. And I think less stuff typically is scheduled on Sundays um, versus like Saturday has a soccer tournament and a birthday party and all the things. So, um, but yeah, I think, I mean, still to this day, like, um, Anybody practicing Judaism uh, starts Sabbath Friday night and goes until Saturday night. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, I think it's, I don't think it matters so much like which day as it's, right. as long as it's like happening. Right, <laughs> but, right, right. Yeah. Okay. I have another curveball question because I've had a conversation with um, uh, a person that I've worked with in the past who's a little older than me. Mm-hmm. And I mentioned about how Sabbath was really important to me. It was important to me to try and prioritize it each week and how I was going to try and do that on say Fridays. Yeah. And we had a really interesting, he's a believer. We had a really interesting conversation where he basically said, I don't think that applies to us anymore. Like it almost like it was an old Testament um, command oh. versus being something for the new Testament or the new covenant that we are now under. And I was like, what? 
Like I was very confused because I just didn't agree. Um, yeah, yeah. What would you What would you say to that? Oh gosh, so much. Um, <laughs> there's, a lot, there's a lot I would like to say to that. Um, there are a lot of things that are mentioned in the Old Testament as mm-hmm. commandments or instructions or what have you um, that are not repeated in the mm-hmm. New Testament, but that doesn't mean we like are suddenly allowed to get away with it. For example, like mm. one of the 10 commandments is like, don't steal, like don't <laughs> steal from your neighbor. That's I I'm pretty positive. That's like not explicitly stated that way. I think it's implied yeah. in the new Testament, especially in the sermon on the Mount, but it's not <laughs> like, it's not <laughs> like Jesus isn't like, don't forget, like you can't, you, you probably shouldn't steal from one another, but that doesn't mean that just because we, you know, also have the New Testament doesn't like nullify the mm-hmm. Old Testament. So that's one thing just like on a, yeah, I don't know, just like a from a logistical standpoint, I'm like, oh, I don't think that the New Testament cancels the Old Testament at mm-hmm. all. Um, and in fact, if we if we do that, we miss out on so much of who God is and how God has moved in the world um, mm-hmm. and how God has been in relationship with his people. Um, mm-hmm. And the New Testament covers a lot more time. I'm sorry, the Old Testament covers a lot more time <laughs> yeah. than, than the New Testament. The New Testament's like, you know, less than 100 years total, maybe, yeah. but the Old Testament is like a couple thousand. So um, anyway, uh, but besides the like biblical history (laughs) of it, I'm just like, it's interesting to me that something that matters so much to God that God himself would do it. It would be so easily tossed out by someone Mm -hmm. who follows God, especially because um, like Jesus practiced Sabbath. Like Jesus was a living, breathing Jewish man yeah. And would have practiced um, as a, a person who, for whom like religion obviously really mattered. Um, you know, mm-hmm. he's kind of, you know, a big part of it, but he would have practiced <laughs> Sabbath. And um, we see a lot in the Gospels, like Jesus taking time to get away, um, mm-hmm. sometimes with his disciples and his like inner circle, sometimes by himself. But mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, I just don't know. I don't know how you can escape it. But I do think so this will be the last thing. Sorry for the. Just no, the nerd dumb that's happening here, but no, I'm like here for it. Like, <laughs> okay, great. going. There is no limit to what you could share. Awesome. <laughs> I mean, I just do think that there, I don't know, like, um, Sabbath matters and it's, it's mm-hmm. a gift to us. Mm-hmm. And I do think the new Testament kind of softens some of the blow of old Testament commandments because yeah. in the new Testament, we're invited into a relational covenant that the people of God like failed kind of miserably at in the old Testament. Um, and I don't blame them. I would have too, if it were me, but like um, (laughs) in the new Testament, things just feel a little bit softer, but that doesn't mean that they're any less important. Um, And so it's just fascinating to me that something that is given to us as this gift and this opportunity um, really to experience the earth as we were created to, no matter what our circumstances are or what we do for work or what our family looks like. Like this is a, this is a universal gift from God Um, to have that like dismissed as, oh, I don't have to do that. I'm like, no, you get to do it. (laughs) Like, and you, you don't, you're right. You don't have to, like, it's not going to, I don't think it's like a salvation issue where it's like, oh, you, well, you didn't Sabbath. So angel with a clipboard, 
in heaven is going to be like, sorry, you can't come in. I don't know how heaven works, but that's just how I imagine it. <laughs> I like, I don't think it's like a salvific issue, but it is a matter of like how much we experience earth as it is in heaven. And so, mm. yeah, it just makes me feel sad for your coworker. And um, me too. yeah, that's all. <laughs> I do think, I think that's something that in the book I mentioned earlier, Garden City, like I do remember reading the that, the words he wrote about Sabbath and realizing like, for the first time maybe, which is amazing now that I think about it, um, that Sabbath isn't like, it's for us. Yeah. It's not it, a punishment. <laughs> no, it is. You're right. It's 100% a gift because we, like God wants us to rest and mm-hmm. to rest in him. And then it almost, that spending that time then fills us up to more, I don't know, fully go into whatever we have the rest of the week, right? Whatever Mm -hmm. work we have, what other opportunities present themselves to us, whatever God might lead us to, like we are then filled up for those tasks. Exactly. Um, Versus like the constant like cycle of hustle and grind and you're just so depleted. And then like the things that you're doing probably, I mean, I don't know. I won't speak for everyone. I'll speak for myself. But I feel like when I am, when I am exhausted and I haven't taken that time to just like rest mm-hmm. uh, my stuff sucks like it's right the quality of what I'm doing and even like the way I'm able to invest in relationships like is subpar to what I know it can be when I prioritize rest exactly exactly yeah oh. my pastor um typically says we we don't sabbath from our work we work from our sabbath um so it's not like a thing i mean for sure especially for those of us who are exhausted which maybe this year is all of us um <laughs> there's some element of like a replenishing that happens but yeah. it's a replenishing to overflowing so that then when sabbath is over you mm-hmm. work from a place of overflow instead of starting at like a net zero draining yourself all week at work and then trying desperately to like come back up to a neutral like Mm -hmm. amount of whatever fills your cup yeah yeah it's it's actually the opposite yeah we work from a place of sabbath and not sabbath out of out of our work yes oh okay wait there's still so many more questions (laughs) i feel like we could end now but we're not going to Um, okay. So in today's day and age, we've kind of talked about, you know, the origins of Sabbath and mm-hmm. why, why it is still important now, but in today's day and age, I'm just going to point blank ask you, how much does it really matter yeah. and how is it applicable for us? I know we've touched on it, but I'd love to just hear like straight from your mouth. Like, why does it matter for us? Oh gosh. Yeah. It matters so much. Oh man. Um, I think it may be, and I probably everybody who's cared about Sabbath throughout all of time has said this, what I'm about to say. <laughs> and so I, I'm not claiming any like uniqueness here, but I think it matters now more than ever. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was probably true in the 1800s. Uh, that was probably true <laughs> in, you know, 900 or whatever. Um, but I think now in the 21st century, um, especially for those of us living in such an achievement-driven culture, um, such as the U.S., um, I think it matters now more than ever to take the time to stop and say, that is actually not where I get my identity. Mm -hmm. I get my identity from the God who took a minute and rested, um, and to follow in those footsteps, I will too. Um, That being said, I think it's 
possibly harder now more than ever um, for a number of reasons. One being like, we just have like unbelievable access to everything, like Mm -hmm. to the internet, to information, to people on the other side of the world. Like I could pick up my phone right now and talk to someone in South Africa for like no cost and like no delay. I'm like, that is, that's insane. And so the like Sabbath and the disc, this practice of disconnecting from that mm-hmm. level of access is more countercultural now than I think it ever has been. So that's one of the reasons it's definitely harder. Um, it's just like the amount, the amount that it actually takes to stop, I think is that that takes more effort now than ever before. Um, two, I think it's harder because it's like not really a thing that people do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like nobody, I mean, it would have been one thing to Sabbath um, if everyone you knew was doing it and doing yeah. it at the same time. Because then it's like, oh yeah, of course we're not going to schedule something on that day because we're all Sabbathing. Or like, of course, we're not going to wait until that day to like make a big announcement or I don't know, um, do something at work or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Like it's, I would imagine it'd be a lot easier to practice Sabbath in the context of a community where everyone is doing it the same time and same way. Yeah. Um, but that's not any, that's just like not even close to a cultural expectation at all, right. which is yeah. so sad because we're like, for those of us who are Christians, um, we're a people of a particular book and that book is the Bible and yeah. Sabbath is talked about a lot. And so I'm like, Oh man, it's a bummer that it's a bummer that even in the Christian church, especially in the evangelical, like non-denominational world, like it's almost weird if you actually yeah. Sabbath, like especially like a full 24 hour Sabbath, like unplugged from your phone. Mm-hmm. Like people are kind of like, okay, like weird flex, but whatever. Like <laughs> I'm like, no, I didn't make this up. Like this is, yeah. <laughs> this is like, you, you've heard of Yahweh, right? Um, but anyway, so that's the second thing. And then the third thing too, I think, um, I mean, Sabbath has been like wildly beneficial for me way more than I could have ever imagined, but it's not an immediate fix to anything. Mm-hmm. And I think in this day and age, we have learned how to expect quick fixes to everything. I think Amazon Prime has ruined us a little bit in this <laughs> yes. way. We're like, if I order, I don't know, a set of tires, a juicer, <laughs> a new coat, like whatever it is, it's here tomorrow. Like, yeah. and it is like at my doorstep tomorrow. And I think, and I'm not trying to blame this all on Amazon, but I do think like that's a that's a symptom of a bigger thing happening where like as a as a people, we have lost patience for the long game. Yeah. And Sabbath is not a quick fix at yeah. all. Um and oftentimes like you don't you don't even see changes happening. Not that we do it in order to see a change, but like it but it does change us, but those changes yeah. like are not super perceptible on a week to week basis. Mm-hmm. And I think we have a pretty low tolerance for that. I mean, perfect example is this recent election took longer to call than usual. Mm-hmm. Uh like well, a lot of that being of course 
people mailed mm-hmm. in their ballots because we're in a global pandemic and normally, you know, more people would vote in person, but like it took like several days longer than we're used to and people lost their minds <laughs> because we just don't know how, we don't know how to wait for results. And mm-hmm. I think that's another reason why people don't really do it, but I do think it matters. And I think that's one of the reasons that it matters is it teaches us to slow down and it teaches us to wait and it yep. teaches us how to stop um, and not worry and not want for things and all of those biblical good principles that are really uncomfortable to sit with. So, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Well, it sounds like you have – you're obviously passionate about Sabbath. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to go ahead and assume that means that you are observing it. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, for sure. Probably should have clarified. (laughs) No. Well, I'd love love to hear from your perspective um, as being someone who does prioritize that, like – day of rest in your life each week. What have been some of the easiest and hardest parts about practicing, observing, taking, however you want to phrase it? Yeah. Yeah. It's such a good question. Um, uh, I'll start with the hardest. Then we'll end (laughs) on a high note for this one. Um, One of the things that's really hard is I am a raging extrovert. Like if you're familiar with Myers-Briggs, my Mm -hmm. EI dynamic is like 100% E, 0% I. <laughs> so I'm like, oh my God, people all the time. Like when I, after my hardest day, my most mm-hmm. exhausting day, I want to be with people. I don't want to mm-hmm. be alone. And so Sabbath as a single woman without kids in this mm-hmm. season, I'm practicing it alone. I'm not like doing it with a family or something. Um, it's, it's hard to figure out how to do that as an extrovert in a way that doesn't like deplete me because the whole point is to worship and rest and play and Mm -hmm. those things for me more often than not happen in the context of like loving relationships Mm -hmm. um and so that's been hard but also I think really good for me and what it's turned into is I just usually try to incorporate some kind of friend moment each sabbath Mm -hmm. so I'll usually go I actually also practice sabbath on Fridays um Mm -hmm. Because I work at a church and we have right. services on Saturday and Sunday, like Friday's just the day that works. Um, mm-hmm. And so I will go most of the day, like probably till like dinner time by myself, just mm-hmm. being me and the Lord doing our thing. Um, but then it's like really sweet for me to wrap up Sabbath by having dinner with a friend or doing a game night or going on a walk with somebody or something like that, just so I don't feel like I'm alone in a corner all day long. So that's one thing that's hard is like being extroverted. Um, Another thing that's hard is I am absolutely addicted to my phone. Um, I think we all are if we're honest. So I don't feel like shame because I know I'm in good company, but I'm totally addicted to my phone. And I'm not the kind of person that fully unplugs on Sabbath in the sense that like you cannot reach me unless you physically show up mm-hmm. at my apartment. Mm-hmm. But my phone is only a phone on Sabbath. I mean, granted, it's also like a calculator and a flashlight, I guess, but because <laughs> um, iPhones do everything. But like I don't have any social media, no news, no email, no like communication apps like Slack or anything like that. Mm -hmm. And that's weird. Like it's weird to wake up on Sabbath and look at my phone and be like, why am I looking at this? It can do nothing for me today unless I want to call someone right this second. Um, And so that's been difficult to like figure out. Well, it's been difficult to realize sobering is probably a better word. It's been sobering to realize how many times I pick up my phone every day expecting something to tell me who I am and where I belong. Um, And so to 
detach from that is hard. Um, and then finally it's hard because it's just an underdeveloped muscle. Like, mm. you know, it's hard to like start doing any kind of workout from ground zero, but especially if you have like atrophied muscles, <laughs> like if you went from like an injury to suddenly expecting to be able to do like a hundred pushups, there's just no way. Yeah. And I feel like when it comes to rest and Sabbath, my muscles were like metaphorically, of course, like atrophied because <laughs> I had just not been doing anything at all. They were like so depleted. And mm -hmm. so the first few weeks I was like, oh my gosh, I suck at this. And was like a little bit beating myself up about it and like putting all this pressure on myself to nail it on the first try because I read two books or whatever. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but I had to stop and realize like, okay, like this is this is a metaphorical muscle group that has just not been used. Like, of mm -hmm. course, I'm not performing well yet. Like, I need to I need to strengthen this. So those are some of the reasons it's been hard. Mm -hmm. Um Reasons it's been easy. One, I am exhausted. <laughs> like we're in a pandemic. I am a pastor in a pandemic. And so it is literally my job to care for people and to create content that keeps them sane. And that just takes a lot of, that takes so much out of me. And so it's nice to have a full day where nothing is expected from me. And it's like, yeah. it's easy to disconnect from work because I'm so tired from it. And so I'm like, oh, I sleep great going into and coming out of Sabbath. It's awesome. And I think some of that is connected to just like fatigue. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, thank you, fatigue. You made practicing <laughs> Sabbath easier. Um, another thing that makes it easier that I definitely recommend for anybody wanting to implement this is my community is on board. Mm -hmm. So like all my coworkers know Hannah Sabbath on Friday. And so if you need her, to do something on Friday, you got to ask on Thursday mm. um, or it's just not going to get done until mm -hmm. Saturday. Um, and my friends know that I Sabbath on Fridays, my mom and my family knows. And so it's really great to have that support because they'll check in and be like, oh my gosh, how are those going? Or, you yeah. know, what are you learning um, as you spend more time like reading and like, have you gone on any fun Sabbath hikes lately? Like, it's just nice to have Again, I'm an extrovert, but like it's just nice to have um, people in my corner, like really cheering me on. Um, and then finally, like part of why it's easy, this is connected to maybe being exhausted and just like not having a lot of time off in general, mm -hmm. is I just have so many ideas for like how I want to do it that I'm like, oh, I I'm not gonna I'm not gonna get bored uh, anytime yeah. soon. I mean, I do think that that's a that's a healthy place to be to like sit in boredom and be like, okay, it's fine. I don't have to have something to do it all, all the time. But I'm like, oh my gosh, there's so many, there's so many things that feel like worship and delight to me that I haven't been able to get to. And now I have this day every week where I can do those things in the presence mm -hmm. of God. Like that's awesome. So that keeps me coming back, but awesome. yeah, that's, that's what's easy. That's what's hard. So quickly, would you say it's working? Like, are you actually resting? Are you feeling refreshed going into your Saturday after you've had your Friday Sabbath? Yes, I do think it's working physically, like without question, it's working. I feel like <laughs> physically more rested. I get more sleep. Um, I move slower. Mm -hmm. I like unclench my jaw and like yeah. all that good stuff. Um, I do yoga. So physically, for sure, I feel rested coming out of it. Um, I think as far as like soul rest goes, that's harder to measure. Um, and I think that 
type of rest takes longer uh, and it isn't a quick fix, like I said, but I do think like that's happening as well. Um, Like I come out of Sabbath, like a lot softer and Mm -hmm. less bitter. I think I'm kinder (laughs) after Sabbath because I like, am not just like frazzled and impatient. Um, So yeah, I do think it's working. Um, It's kind of slow and steady progress, but I definitely think it's working. Okay. I have another question that's not on our prompt, but I'm genuinely curious. So I think, um, so I am, I don't know if you're familiar with the Enneagram. Oh, I love the Enneagram. Okay. (laughs) Okay. What are you? What are you? I'm an eight wing nine. Okay, cool. I am a four wing three. Nice. Um, pretty heavy on the three wing, uh, but definitely a true four. Um, yeah. <laughs> that said, I th- and when I'm healthy-ish, I look like a one, and typically mm-hmm. ones get a little bit black and white, right? Like there is a right way and a wrong way. Um, there's good and bad, and mm-hmm. so I think something I've struggled with in the past when it comes to Sabbath and rest is the um, uh, you are not like I, I think it's been like a you either do nothing. And that's Sabbath, or if you're doing something, it's not Sabbath. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So it's almost like, well, if it's Sabbath, then I can't uh, clean my house, or I can't, um, you know, make a date with somebody. I like, can't go for a coffee date or something. Um, yeah. Which I'm, the older I'm getting, the more I'm realizing like it's not, it's not either or, right? right. Um, so thus, I think I get a little legalistic about it. Um, go figure. Uh, <laughs> I know I'm wrong, but um, I would love to hear, like, if you could just give us a short, quick snapshot, like, what does a normal Sabbath look like for you? Where are, how are you spending your time? Where are you spending your time? And also, once you answer that question, I would love to know how you logistically turn off certain notifications on your phone. Yes. (laughs) Because I'm like, that seems very time consuming to have Uh to, like, individually go through every app and turn off the notifications. Is there a quicker way to do it? Or are Mm. you that... Like mm-hmm. disciplined. Like, just let me know. Oh gosh, I'm not that disciplined <laughs> at all. Um, I'm an eight, and so I care about things super deeply and can mm-hmm. be a little bit intense. But I'm like the furthest thing from like legalistic. <laughs> so I'm like, ah, whatever. If it works, it works, <laughs> kind of thing. So, um, yeah. Let's see. A typical Sabbath for me. I think there are more things maybe on the list of things I don't do on a Sabbath and things I do. So I'll start there. Um, On Sabbath, I don't set an alarm. So I just sleep till I wake up. Mm -hmm. And then if I'm still tired, I'll sleep a little bit more. Great. Um, On Sabbath, I don't Mm -hmm. wear a watch. Um, Mm -hmm. Granted, I have an Apple watch. So like literally every hour, Siri is like, hey, um, you should move. And I'm like, okay, thank you. (laughs) Um, She doesn't say it like that, but I know that's what she means. Um, So like I don't wear a watch and it's kind of nice to like forget what time it is and just kind of get lost in whatever I'm doing um, and not just do it for the amount of time I think I should be doing something. Mm -hmm. Um, So I don't wear a watch. I don't set an alarm. Um, I don't use my phone for anything but like a phone call or a text. Mm -hmm. Um, And to do that, I have no idea how this works on an Android. So sorry, Android users. But if you have an iPhone, there is this handy feature if you go to your settings. And I think it's under screen time. It's called downtime, where you can tell your phone from this time to this time on whichever day or all the days, I don't want access to these apps. So I just told it for all of Friday, 
Like normally, yeah. my normal downtime is like 10 p.m. to like 6.30 a.m. Yeah. My phone just won't let me be on social media or like my work apps because I should be sleeping. Mm-hmm. Um, but then on Fridays, it's like it just doesn't let me do anything other than like, I don't know, I could I have podcasts on. So like I could listen to a podcast, I guess, or mm-hmm. or maybe an audiobook. But that feels like playful to me. Um, so yeah, so that's the easy way to do it. You do not have to like individually go into every app. Um, it just turns it all (laughs) off for you and then it turns it all back on. Um, which is really helpful. I wonder if you're (laughs) gauging that I tend to make things way harder than they need to be in my mind. (laughs) I'm honored to be able to help you. Yeah. (laughs) Do that quicker. Um, but yeah, the downtime is actually just so helpful in general, even if you don't practice Sabbath, it's really helpful to like have your phone just remind you at night, like, Hey, it's time. It's time to stop. It's like a gentle, like aunt or uncle just like, putting their hand on your phone and pushing it down and being like, it's time, boo-boo. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, so I don't use my phone um, pretty much other than like a text or a call. But yeah. most people in my life that do text or call me know I'm Sabbathing and like aren't reaching out anyway. Yeah. So, and then the other thing that I don't do on Sabbath, unless it's special circumstances, is I don't do work of any kind. So like, mm-hmm. obviously that means I don't do my nine to five church job, but mm-hmm. I also like, don't do chores on Sabbath. Mm-hmm. Um, I try not to run errands mm-hmm. um, and or anything that's like a thing that I would normally put on my to-do list. I Ooh, that's that a good off. way to think about it. Yeah. Yeah. But that being said, sometimes there are there are things that I guess technically count as work that are like connected to being able to rest or play or worship that I'll like allow myself to do, especially if I run out of time. So like two weeks ago, three weeks ago, um, I was having some friends over for a game night on my Sabbath. And Mm -hmm. the Thursday before would normally be the time when I would like make sure my apartment's clean, go to the grocery store and get the ingredients to make guac, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, Because that's technically working in my book. Mm -hmm. Um, But I had like run out of time. I had like worked really late on Thursday and then just went to bed. So on Friday, it was like, well, shoot, I have people coming over and I'm really looking forward to that. But I like desperately need to vacuum. Like (laughs) I'm just going to vacuum. Like it's okay. I think the Lord will forgive me. And then I like went to Trader (laughs) Joe's and I got my avocados and I think it's fine because then I came back and I was like, oh, I get to like try a new guac recipe and I get to, you know, host friends. And so I, but I just have like much blurrier lines, I think around those things. Um, so that's what I don't do. No like clocks or watches. Um, not that I'm like, if I see a clock, I'm like, ah, my soul. Um, but (laughs) I just don't wear a, a watch or turn my alarm on. I don't use my phone and I don't do any work. And then what I fill my time with is like pretty boring, but um, just the things that I feel that feel like worship, rest or delight to me. So like I spend uninterrupted time like journaling and reading the Bible. That is like such a such a beautiful yeah. and like important practice for me. And I'm not like rushing to get to a meeting or anything. So yeah. I have more time to do it. Um, I usually read for a while, um, in the summers I'll read outside on my porch in the winters. I'll like wrap myself in a blanket, make some tea Mm -hmm. and read. Um, I love, I enjoy exercise because it makes, it's a, well, I'm an eight, so it's a helpful way to deal with some of my intensity. (laughs) Um, but on Sabbath, I usually like, will do like a long yoga, like 
from YouTube or whatever, mm-hmm. um, because I normally don't have time to do like a really long yoga practice. I'm like, oh, I just feel so like spiritual. Um, so I'll do yoga. Sometimes I'll go on a hike. Um, yeah, I've like, I like painting my nails. So I'll paint my nails and watch a movie. Like it's pretty, I mean, it's pretty low stakes stuff here. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, it's really nice to just get like a lot of time to do a couple of things instead mm-hmm. of trying to pack uh, things I love to do like into short amounts of time throughout the week, if that makes sense. Yeah, that's really good. Okay, I have another <laughs> question. I'm like, you're the Sabbath expert in my mind, which oh, I'm, not, I'm not putting that on you, but you you are far more practiced in it than I am. Mm-hmm. So I think something I've struggled with is like every this is like <laughs> this is like a counseling session for Janine right now. So I love it. <laughs> I should have a quick question. Basically. <laughs> Everything that I do is behind the same screen. Like I use my computer and uh-huh. this is exclusive to me, but I work from home. I'm yeah. a freelancer. Um, all my work is on my computer. Um, my podcast, I do all for my computer. Right. I have an online course also on my computer yeah. and I have been slowly working on writing a book also on my computer. Ooh, that's exciting. <laughs> it's been a minute. So um, <laughs> I, I I haven't prioritized the book because I'm not do- I'm not doing the book as work. I'm not doing it to make a bunch of money. That's not my goal at all. I felt like God told me to write this book, and so I started it. And um, it's been a while since I've touched it. Um, that said, like I've always thought how wonderful it would be to have like just dedicated time to mm. prioritize working on that because it is something I feel like I'm supposed to do. I don't know what I'm supposed to do with it once it's done, but I also realize that's like not something I'm supposed to really be thinking about yet if that makes mm-hmm. sense mm-hmm. Like, i'm supposed to focus on the task at hand not what could come from it um that said like <laughs> i need someone who's not legalistic like i am yeah. um like what if on my sabbath i did spend a couple hours working on see when i'm using the word working writing yeah writing doing this thing i really feel like god told me to do oh, yeah god, almost two years ago um so like is that okay I mean, I think so. I, okay. again, I'm not the legalistic person. Um, I really do think so, though. I mean, I think especially if writing is something that feels just like so delightful to you. Yes. Like if when you're writing, you're like, oh, my gosh, I was like I was made to do this. And this feels like something that I'm enjoying and something that like um, gives my soul a hug, then I would say absolutely. I mean, I wouldn't necessarily recommend since it is something that you're like, you're not doing it for work, but it is something you're working on. I wouldn't recommend spending your entire Sabbath on it. But if carving out like two or three hours on a Sabbath without like notifications from apps and your emails closed, like if your computer is just a place to write, I think that's great. Um, Yeah. I think like storytelling is another just like big piece of Sabbath in general. Um, And like sharing, sharing with people like who God is, what he's doing, what he's done um, and what he's done like through us. I think that is a big part of Sabbath also. And so this, that just feels really connected um, for someone writing a book like oh my gosh like yeah. this is part of how this actually is part of your worship um yeah. and your response to god but that being said i also just think like what somebody does or doesn't do on their sabbath is pretty subjective like yeah. um john mark comer in not in garden city but in his um other book that is 
heavily the, references Sabbath, the ruthless yeah. elimination of hurry, which I highly recommend. Mm-hmm. Um, he talks about like some people will go on a 10 mile run on their Sabbath mm-hmm. and that's that like they love it. No. That's not me. That's not also not John. Um, sorry, John Mark. Um, we use middle names here, but um, yeah. So I mean, I just think it'll be different for everyone. Like I love, I love painting and doing yoga on my Sabbath. That is so different from the next person, like who might want to, I don't know. Yeah, go on a ten mile run, or or like fully turn their phone off and like sit in a dark room. I don't know. Maybe a hermit would do that, but yeah. So I think I think there's just a lot more flexibility, um, and a lot less like rigidity, if that makes sense, um, surrounding this practice in general. Like it's a gift. Like God wants you to enjoy it, and if if one Friday that includes writing some some more for your book, and if another Friday it doesn't, like I think mm-hmm. that's okay. And you won't be penalized for that. Gosh, I feel so affirmed. And also I want to thank everyone for tuning into my personal counseling session with Hannah. Um, <laughs> Which I am not qualified for, but I'm glad you asked. <laughs> I appreciate the affirmation though. Because yeah, I think like my goal would be to like turn my computer, like put it into airplane mode essentially, right? Turn yeah. the Wi-Fi off there's no way anything can come through to it except for me being able to focus on the thing. And when you said mm. like, if does it bring you joy? Does it bring you delight? Does it feel like a warm hug? I was like, yes, yes, mm. it does. Um, so, wow. I'm very excited to uh, get back to that tomorrow because tomorrow's Friday. We're recording yes. on Thursday. Hey, there we go. <laughs> well, thank you for taking that, uh, that curveball there. Uh, oh, we'll absolutely. go back. We'll get, we'll get back into the, the prompt, the questions that I actually prepared you for. <laughs> um, what would you say if, if you had to narrow it down to like one thing, what would you say has surprised you the most about practicing Sabbath? Hmm. Um, I think what has surprised me the most is how rare it is. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, like, especially when I mention it to other people, even who are Christian or who like other people who are also in full-time ministry, like their vocation mm-hmm. is, is ministry. Um, it, it's, it's surprising to me how often people are surprised that yeah. I actually Sabbath. And it, to some extent that kind of breaks my heart because I feel like folks are missing out. Um, but then it, it also doesn't surprise me just knowing like kind of the nature of the world we live in today, but yeah, it, it surprises me how rare it is. Yeah. What would you say? I know we've, we've kind of touched on this here and there throughout this episode, but Mm -hmm. like, what would you say to a culture and a time um, where we are so obsessed with what we call quote unquote, the hustle, Mm -hmm. um, AKA a society that just like rarely if ever prioritizes rest, what would you say to encourage someone to step Mm -hmm. into, to intentional rest? Yeah. Oh gosh, it is such a good question. And this is going to get Bible nerdy again. But uh, (laughs) first of all, what I would say is you're worth it. Like Mm. you were created and designed to do this um, Mm. because you are worth it. And Mm. um, it wouldn't have been like Sabbath would not have been given to us as a gift uh, if it wasn't something that we were to enjoy. Like gifts Mm. are given for people to enjoy Otherwise, it's not a gift. It's just like a, a pair of socks or whatever, unless they're really <laughs> cool socks. But um, yeah, so first of all, I would say you're worth it. But the the place in the Bible that I want to connect that to is actually where we see Sabbath in the Ten Commandments. Um, and the Ten Commandments, just for a mini history lesson, in case you haven't seen the Prince of Egypt, which is mostly historically accurate. Um, mm-hmm. So the people of God 
um, or the Israelites, the nation of Israel, they are enslaved in Egypt and Egypt Mm -hmm. is like not great to them. There's a lot of systematic and systemic oppression um, towards the Israelites. And it's like several hundred years that they're stuck there. Um, God is like, that's not cool. We're going to get you out of there. Sends Moses to tell Pharaoh to let his people go. It's a whole dramatic thing, blah, blah, blah. Eventually they, you know, they walk through the Red Sea. It's all great. Um, And then they, when they get out of Egypt, the Mm -hmm. very first thing that God says to them um, is in the form of these 10 commandments. And it's basically this like defining the relationship moment where he says, okay, I brought you out. Like, I'm going to be your God. You're going to be my people, but this is, this is what our relationship is going to look like. Um, And this is how, this is what it means to thrive as my people. So he gives them the 10 commandments. They're mostly like one sentence, like seven words max, like, Hey, don't murder. Hey, um, don't steal, you know, like, please don't lie, you know, things like that. That's the new Hannah translation, obviously. But um, (laughs) so he gives them these 10 commandments. But the one that is um, almost all of them are like, uh, I don't have it open in front of me, it might actually be all but the Sabbath, but most of them are like, don't do this, don't do this. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, No, it's most, it's not all. But then the Sabbath (laughs) is like, but you should do this. And we get so much more we get so much more like content on the Sabbath in the Ten Commandments than the other ones that are like just a sentence on the Sabbath. It's like, remember the Sabbath, keep it holy because this is who God is. And he took you out of a place where you couldn't Sabbath. He took you out of a place where in the in like the nature and culture of Egypt, they were slaves. Like there's no such thing as a day off for a slave. Like they had to work all the time. We're surely underpaid and an oppressed people um, and never got a break, never got a moment to stop working and delight in who God is and what he's provided and to worship him and to just rest. And so when God brings them out of Egypt, it's kind of a really defining moment um, in this relationship between God and his people where he says, look, this is the kind of God I'm going to be. You get to rest. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm not like Pharaoh. Like, I'm just not. Pharaoh is not like me. Like, in this new relationship that we're in, like, I need you to do this so that you remember who you actually are. Mm -hmm. Because Mm -hmm. Egypt told you you were a slave and it's not true. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's what I would say to our culture today, who is so far removed, unless you're listening from Egypt or Israel. Mm -hmm. Hello. (laughs) Um, But for, for a culture that is so far removed from that moment, like, it's still true, like, we're worth it. And um, the way of the world, like the way of empire is not how we were designed to find our like identity and belonging and purpose. Like we find those things in our relationship with God. And Sabbath is one of the ways that we like, rhythmically remember that. So you're worth it, boo boo. There you go. <laughs> I love that. Well, what what resources then would you recommend for others who are wanting to learn more about um, and, you know, practice Sabbath, Sabbath in their own lives? Yeah. Um, at the risk of sounding like the biggest fangirl of John Mark Comer <laughs> ever, <laughs> I feel like most of my resources are actually coming from him. Um, yeah, both of both of his books that touch Sabbath, Garden City, and The Ruthless mm-hmm. Elimination of Hurry, um, those were the books that convinced me to finally start. So 
definitely need to mention those. Also, his church, Bridgetown Church in Portland, um, has a podcast, and mm-hmm. they have a really great um, like mini series on Sabbath on the Bridgetown podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, beyond that, I think. Um, oh gosh, I cannot remember her first name. Last name is Calhoun. Um, the mm. book is about um, all spiritual disciplines, but that book um, just like kind of really just examines a, a, literally all spiritual disciplines. But she talks about Sabbath and she talks about some other things that I think are really connected to Sabbath, like solitude, simplicity, um, you mm. know, journaling in certain ways, like certain types of prayer, um, all of those can be incorporated in Sabbath. So I, mm-hmm. I recommend Adele, that's her name, Adele Calhoun. There we go. Okay. Um, and then finally, um, this isn't directly connected, but I think it's also important, but Ruth Haley Barton's book, um, Strengthening the Soul of Your Leadership is really, 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 really good for, et- especially for anybody any any form of a Christian leader, whether that's like a pastor or someone volunteering in a ministry setting um, or just a Christian who leads in any capacity, who leads a family, who leads in their job, um, who leads in the world, like that book is so good for um, really talking about what does it mean for us to pay attention to our soul um, mm. and and strengthen it and and give it space to tell us what it wants to tell us. It sounds a little like new agey, but it's not. She loves God and it's very Mm. biblically based, but Mm -hmm. that book has been really helpful for me. I read it on the Sabbath. Um, Mm. and so, yeah, those are a couple of places to start. That is awesome. Oh, Hannah, this has been so wonderful. Um, thank you for taking like a topic that I really do think is so important, um, and just making it so simple. Um, and so easy for us to step into whether we've done it before or we're just now realizing how much we need it. Um, and for answering some of my on the fly questions. Absolutely. Um, I feel like so affirmed and encouraged that like Sabbath is as important as I've always thought it was, Mm -hmm. um, in a society that would maybe not get it. And normally now, after we go through our topic, I would usually ask guests three kind of closing questions to kind of round out our time together. Mm-hmm. But since this is a fun um, new venture for me, we're having you on twice, two, two podcast episodes in a row. Ooh, so I don't want to ask you those questions quite yet. I'll ask you at the end of the next episode. But um, I would love to ask you this. How can we, so everyone who's tuning in, including um, you and me, how can we intentionally take some time to rest and Sabbath this week? Hmm. Oh, that's so good. Um, I would say start by identifying a block of time that you can Sabbath. Hmm. And then do, whether, I mean, hopefully someday that becomes 24 hours weekly for you mm-hmm. and for me and for everybody. Um, but if it needs to start with like three like an Mm -hmm. afternoon, that's okay. Um, Mm -hmm. And then we'll build up from there. But block out the time and tell people that you're blocking Mm -hmm. out the time. So Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's like put it on your Google calendar, Mm -hmm. um, tell whoever you would normally interact with during that time. For sure, if it's like during a work day, tell your boss. Um, Especially if you don't work in a church setting or ministry setting and they're going to be like, (laughs) you're doing what? Um, uh, But yeah, block it out, but like protect it by like guarding it on a calendar and telling people about it. Um, And then in that time, I would recommend just like, um, this is going to look different for everyone, but identify what it means for you to feel um, like you're worshiping 
what it means for you to feel like you're resting and what it means for you to feel like you're playing. And that could be so different for different people. Like some people worship by um, like through song. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if that's like, you know, make a playlist and have it ready. Um, some people worship by like uh, through art um, mm-hmm. or through like journaling. Like there's enough, you know, just prepare yourself to do those three categories. That's what makes it a Sabbath. Um, assuming that you've stopped and like stopped working, then what you fill in that gap is worship and rest and play. And so, yeah. yeah and I really think that even if it's, even if it's just a couple hours, um, I gave this advice to my mom who's starting to practice Sabbath as well. But I was like, mom, start with two hours this week. Mm-hmm. And then next week you'll do three hours. And then the yeah. following week you'll do four hours and you'll just keep tacking it on. Um, and that kind of staggered on ramp, I think is pretty helpful and, and helps us get used to the practice. But again, the kind of anti-legalistic, like if you don't have a full day, it doesn't mean you can't still Sabbath. Right. Like, oh my gosh. Yeah. I need the time. Right. Yeah. Cause everybody's, I mean, everybody's work schedule is so different. Right. I can't even imagine how difficult it is to Sabbath if you have like kids, because then you also have their schedule. But that's part of what is really helpful about John Mark Comer as an author and a pastor and a leader is he lives in a big city. He lives in Portland, Oregon. He's a pastor at a mega church. He is married and has three kids, I think. And somehow he can still do a full 24 hour Sabbath every week. So I think Mm -hmm. that like we can figure something out. (laughs) Right. And like they do it together, like as a family, which I think is so so sweet. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're someone who's married or has kids or both, like definitely check out some of his resources because mm-hmm. we are both single women. Mm-hmm. The most responsibility I have is a dog. So, um, yes. <laughs> oh, <laughs> awesome. Yes. Well, Hannah, this has been so wonderful. Really quick, can you tell everyone listening and where they can find you? Um, because trust me, y'all want to be following her. She is full of wisdom and um, shares such poignant and timely and um, truth-filled uh, things on social media. So where can people find you? Yes. So my Instagram is just my first and last name, mm-hmm. Hannah uh, Jirasi. It's probably in the episode title. Um, if it's not, that's H-A-N-N-A-H-G-E-R-A-C-I. Um, and then my website is just hannahjirasi.com. So oh, yeah, perfect. keeping it simple. Awesome. Okay, Hannah, we'll have you back in two weeks. We're going to be sitting down to talk about how to be a champion for racial justice. So totally different topic than what we've talked about today, but um, so important, so timely, and I'm really looking forward to it. Yes, me as well. (laughs) 